Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, an exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to <laughs> episode number 23. I felt like we were walking through molasses with those words. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. You guys were in sync there. Uh, that was so beautiful. Where are we, ladies? What's going so on? So we are currently on chapter four, text number 11. But in the previous episode, we talked about some fun things. Some Shall fun we? things. Oh, lordy. So this whole... This whole <laughs> Just. We still have the giggles. Oh, we apologize for that. Um, we we were still talking about transcendental knowledge. Who is Krishna? Uh, where does this knowledge come from? Where did it originate? It, it kind of broke down. Krishna's trying to give it again to uh, Arjuna. Yeah, and he's it, saying it was kind of lost, right? Which is right. why he had to come back in the first place because it kind of came from a whole what we call disciplic succession from guru to disciple, basically teacher, teacher. to student, teacher to student, and down the line. Right. And, and broken telephone happened. Right, and at some point, because we're in the age of Kali Yuga, which is the last of the cycles of this creation of Earth, and it's the the age where people have the worst memory, lifespans are the shortest, irreligion, immorality, greed. corruption, mm. it's all spiking. So basically in this final stage of Kali Yuga, things are getting a little blurry and this ancient knowledge was a little bit lost. And so we're here to, uh, Krishna's here to help us kind of revive that and right. say like, here's the solution to not get so caught up in this world and suffer so much. You have the perfect opportunity, right? Like you're yeah. not, uh, like we talked about, uh, you're in not too in much. A, too much enjoyment, right? Like you can be in a heavenly planet and a heavenly planet is for those people that were really pious and and they yeah. go there instead of going to Krishna directly, but it's temporary. So you're enjoying temporarily, temporarily. And then you're not in hell either. We're in this perfect situation in which we can suffer enough to remember that there's something beyond this life, mm. but we're not miserable to the point where we can <clears throat> think about Krishna, right? right? Right. And so Krishna is kind of saying, I come... Uh, when this happens, I come when there's a lot of uh, impious activities, impious activity, a lot of corrupt leaders, a lot of women being taken advantage of, a lot of suffering and degradation of society to kind of reteach everyone to be Krishna consciousness, which means to develop a relationship with the Supreme. And he knows that in this material world, we're going to make mistakes and blunder and, and fall on our faces. So he's basically like, ah, this again. Okay, got to send another avatar, another incarnation. Got to come back there and straighten things out, fix things up again. He says he descends millennium after millennium. So right. Krishna's been here a couple times. And it's always the same Krishna. Mm -hmm. And it's the same. He never gets right. old. He's, he's like the original superhero. Right. Like, right. And we, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> we talked about how like for the material body, when we go from one life to the next, we, we forget everything because when we let go of this body and kind of like a jacket, we, we take off the old jacket and put on a new one. Our soul stays the same, but our bodies are changing. But when Krishna comes into this world, he comes with his original body. It's his, his body is, is the same as his spirit. It's mm -hmm. pure. It's made of Satchitananda or what is that? Shama Sangita? Happiness, <laughs> eternality, and knowledge. Beautiful. So, yeah, his within and without is the same. Our external is a little different than our soul. So those are some things that we recapped in Chapter 4, Transcendental Knowledge. Yeah, and the last thing that we talked about, um, uh, he's kind of uh, explaining how to kind of get to know Krishna better. Uh, right. And this is kind of like you have to be free from fear, anger. Mm -hmm. We have to be free from attachment. And then we have to kind of take shelter, take refuge of Krishna. Right. Have and faith. So, 
Yes, have faith, right? Choose fe- uh, faith over fear when we wake right. up in the morning. That's what Shama Sangeeta says. Fear can play out in many different ways because we might have a fear of we're too attached to everything in this world, to the world, to our bodies. It's like if I'm so attached to my body, I might feel like, well, I, I, I don't want to let go of this body. I don't want to in a next life not be Shamali. I love Shamali, right? Like if we're too attached, we don't want to let that all go. But we're so much greater than these temporary material bodies. We're an eternal spirit, a soul that shines so much brighter than all these things we're so desperately holding on to. Beautifully said, Shamali. <laughs> all right, the invocation, let is. Om Jnanatimirandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurum Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. Mm, now with that little figurine visual that we have of the bona fide spiritual master with the torch of knowledge and you kind of just that little pathway that that invocation prayer always reminds me of. Now adding on, he gives you the torch of transcendental knowledge. Hence Ooh, chapter four. Chapter four. So it always, in a way that visual for me always goes building and becoming like almost like we add more pieces to the puzzle as we go through these texts. Yep, and that's what we're doing now. We are on chapter four, text number 11, Priyadarshini. Yeah, so as we said, Krishna left off saying, be saying, be free from attachment, free from anger, free from fear. And then he says this, text 11. As all surrender unto me, I reward them accordingly. Everyone follows my path in all respects, O son of Pritha. So this is Krishna speaking. Krishna speaking here. such a powerful part as... As everyone surrenders unto me, I reward them accordingly. So once we had kind of said that the the word surrender has a little negative connotation, right? No one wants to surrender. Like you want to oh. be your own boss, like your own master. I'm I'm a self-made man. Yes. Yeah. Oh. But, I never thought about it that way. Like I thought about surrender as in like... Uh, surrender to sometimes something that might be difficult, but like gives good rewards. Like surrender to the fact that you might be in love. Oh, I am in love. Gosh, yeah, I can't I, believe. I think of something completely differently. Though. I think oh. of surrender like a battlefield. It's okay. like wave the white flag. You have to surrender, right? And now you have a new captor and then you have to learn to love your new captor. You well, know what I mean? But like, <laughs> I think surrender is so interesting here is because like, I, you have to also remember, like, when we give up our control, right? When we, like, we're like, we are not in control of things. Krishna is in control of things. And we surrender. It's kind of also this feeling of bliss, you know? Because yeah. it's kind of like, I'm trusting something greater than me to take care of me. Yeah, you're so like, I find it an, a, a, a good connotation. Yeah, you're kind of throwing your hands up into the air. And after, like, if we're using your metaphor, Shama, of the battlefield, I've been fighting for so long, grappling with mm. my mind, my senses. I'm confused. I I don't know what's up, down, left, right. The modes are influencing me of passion, ignorance. I'm I'm confused. Like, what am I supposed to do? What Who to do? Like, so what's I my purpose? throw my hands into the air and it's like, Krishna, I'm surrendering to you. I'm yeah. confused. I don't know which path to take. Please show me the way. And it says, I reward them accordingly. As all surrender mm. to me, I reward them accordingly. I think even like when you talk about CEOs and billionaires who have all of this money, right? Mm. And they're still unhappy. They still suffer from so, so many mental health issues and they just, they're just not happy, right? Yeah. And we read about them all the time. It's like, it's like they're looking for something 
that is beyond material, right? They yeah. haven't learned mm. to surrender to the right thing. They've yes. surrendered to mm. people. They've surrendered to the stocks. They surrendered to the people that hold on to the shareholders of their yes. company, yes. right? Yes. But yes. they haven't found happiness because they haven't learned to surrender to the right thing. That's interesting that you say that, that they're, they're searching, right? They're searching for something because it says here in the purport, everyone is searching for Krishna in the different aspects of his manifestation. So Krishna is everything. He's the supreme personality of Godhead. He's all pervading. He's the soul within everything, every little particle, every atom. So we're searching within his creation, but it's a little misguided, a little misdirected because everything's Krishna. So yeah, we're searching within his creation, but we need to search a little deeper to his personal form, to him. Mm, I love that. And the, the I, will, I reward them accordingly part, I, I feel it's like, you guys have heard that phrase, you take one step towards God, uh-huh. he takes 10 steps towards you. Mm, I think I that's what that, that is, yes, right? And yes, it takes yes, a little yes. bit of faith to put that first step forward, but then you'll feel that reciprocation. It's not something that can be explained. You know what I mean? It's something that you just feel where it's like, oh, okay, this is what that is now. This is yeah. what a relationship with God is like. In, in other words, Everyone is dependent for success upon his mercy, right? Right. It's interesting because Krishna is in all of our hearts. So whether you give him attention or not, he is the ultimate goal, whether you've realized that or not. So in a way, Krishna, inadvertently, he's the object of everyone's realization, be it that you're aware of it or not. So everyone and anyone is satisfied according to one's desire to have Krishna. So the more attention we put to Krishna, who's already in our hearts, just waiting there, like take your step and your first step towards me, he's going to record uh, record us, reward us mm-hmm. according to how much we take steps toward him. Yeah. Can, can we talk about how, like, how does, I'm going to ask you both, how is this applicable in your everyday lives? Like, how have you seen this be witnessed, right? Because it's a very simple idea of like, Krishna gives us like, I mean, 10, 10 what did you say? One, one step, step towards God, he takes 10 steps back. Right. Like, you. how have you guys seen this in your lives? Ooh, that's a good question. I think when I was like first learning this philosophy, because I was, I'll be honest, I was a little apprehensive reading Mm. the Gita. Like I didn't really understand what was going on. They kept talking about Krishna as, as, you know, God and whatnot. And, and and I wanted to be like in a humble state and understand it, but it's hard. Right. And so like, I, at one point you have to drop ego. Right. And it's like, Mm. okay, I don't know everything. And the moment I did learn how to drop ego, things started making sense to me more. Mm. And that the feelings of joy actually came in the moment I was able to drop ego. Mm. And so I think that was, I I believe that was Krishna reciprocating because that's when I started to fall in love with the philosophy and I started to fall in love with the devotees and the people and whatnot. And so I think it's, it takes one like one step of faith, I think. Yes. Yeah. And one step towards getting to know him or like just surrendering? Yes. Yes. Yeah, like in that full circle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so true because I think he reciprocates to the extent that you let him in. So we had already talked about when something bad happens in your life, you might get so fr- upset and frustrated. Like, why did this happen to me? But if you can see that Krishna's hand is guiding you in each and every step towards where you're meant to go, let's say something bad that happened. Okay. Yeah. For me, it would be the ice skating event. Let's say that I tore the ligaments and could no longer go to the Olympics. Whatever bad events happen in your life, you could sit there being frustrated because it's all how much you let Krishna in. So you could on one hand be frustrated, upset. Why did this negative thing happen in my life? But on the other hand, 
if you kind of see like, okay, Krishna, what's your plan? You're cracking the door open and letting him work his plan through you. And that's him reciprocating with you. So he's going to reciprocate as much as you let him, as much as you see it all as part of his plan. Totally. Can I ask though, is, is there a moment in your life in which you've given surrender unto him in a positive way, rather than just like as a reaction of something that maybe that negative happened. And then you saw his hand in what happened afterwards. Oh yeah. I mean, Go ahead, because I was going to say no, because it's always been something negative that's happened oh. where I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I can't handle it. I don't have control. Krishna, you handle it now. Interesting. Right? Yeah. It's always been but something Then that becomes negative. a positive still it also, does, right? Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I yeah. ultimately it all becomes a positive when you surrender to him. I was just wondering, because at least for me, um, I don't know. I think I got lucky in a lot of ways in, in my upbringing, but I think I always had a a love for service and a love for Krishna. And it like, it was like something that was pulling me. Like, I don't know that I was like necessarily like making conscious choices. I don't know. I don't want to give myself that much credit, but I was always engaged in Krishna consciousness. And what I saw a lot of it is my life shaped out to be, I think very different than it would have been otherwise. The kind of people that I became friends with and that I had around me, like it shaped where I am today. And it was all for the positive. And it just so happens that, it kind of, I think it was because of the choices I made to do service into Krishna and try to learn about Krishna when I became kind of like 18 years old and adult for myself and I lived on my own. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I want to go to university near a temple. Why? Because I want to be around other people my age who are doing service. I want to learn more. I want to understand more. And through that, those processes of me trying to surrender and trying to say like, I'm in this, like I want this, right? I think there was a lot of positive rewards in my life that later came from that. And I, yeah. I think for, for people that were born into the movement, it's like easy to say like, well, you've always been a devotee. But I think there's a conscious choice mm-hmm. when you decide like, this is my path, not just what my parents gave me. Mm, yes. Right. And so like, I think for me, that's like when I was like, I'm moving, I'm going to college and I'm going to college near the temple and I'm going to do service and yeah. I'm going to like learn about the Bhagavad Gita and mm-hmm. I, I honestly see a lot of positive things that come from it. So I was just wondering if you guys had your own experiences too. Sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative. But at the end of the day, we just come back to Krishna, right? And Right, because at the end, exactly. At the end, it's always positive because I think your story highlights that you took that first step. You make that decision, whether it's conscious or subconscious in your heart that you want something more. And then Krishna starts creating the situations, the mm-hmm. people, the circumstances that push you closer to him is quite beautiful. His, his magic is working through your For life sure. in that way. There was one thing that you mentioned is like, you have to make a conscious decision to choose Krishna, right? Yes. Because it's not like, because sometimes our parents push us in so many different directions. Mm. I remember growing up in a in a Hindu family, my mom used to take me to the, you know, the flavor of the week temple, the <laughs> flavor of the week deity. You know what I mean? It's just like what, yeah. like, it was just so random and so many different demigods, right? Yeah. But then, and I rejected it. I was an atheist, like in high school. Like I was like, I don't want to do any of this. But then I had to take a conscious step to surrender once I started mm. learning about this philosophy where it's like, oh, okay, there's something here now, right? And so yeah. you there, it doesn't matter what your parents push you to. You have to make a conscious choice from your heart. A personal choice yes. because at the end of the day, this is our path. Each yes. individual person is kind of having to make that choice of surrender, right? Yeah. Mm. And it's very personal. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I think I've mentioned this story before, so I'm going to keep it super simple and short, but I was just thinking as far as feeling Krishna's hand guiding situations, even positive ones, not just positive through the negative. Um, 
you know, even feeling how I connected with my spiritual master or my spiritual teacher this past summer, I can look back at before that every single little thing that had to happen leading up to that moment that led me to connect to my spiritual master that makes it feel like, oh my God, Krishna was behind all of that, just like orchestrating each Mm -hmm. and every little moment or I would have never connected with him. And I had kind of like, I don't know, I had dreamt about him like five years ago in such a, anyway, feeling the way that Krishna orchestrated all of that to lead me to my spiritual master felt like that couldn't have been more divinely planned than anyone else other than Krishna. Did you feel like before that or at some point before that you made a choice to surrender and then that happened? Or do you think it was just Krishna's plan all along? I mean, you know, like you growing up in the movement, I think I was always surrounded by different spiritual teachers that inspired me, but I never felt like, ah, yes, this is who I want for my spiritual teacher. I always knew the feeling I wanted to feel, but I hadn't felt it yet. So I don't know. I think at that point when I finally did connect with him earlier this year, I think looking over the previous five years since I had first kind of gotten to know about him, everything started shifting in my life that it kind of positions you in a way that you're totally ready. Like each of these five years, something intense had happened, something that pushed me closer and closer to like, oh, you know, this, this material world's a little exhausting and I'm tired. It's so much. And so everything goes positioning you in a way that when you finally do take that next step, I think it's because, yeah, certain aspects of your life has been have been rearranged directly by Krishna to push you into that I don't know that field where you're ready Mm. there's one final part of the purport here that I think is just really nice about Krishna's reciprocation with his devotees because it says in the transcendental world Krishna also reciprocates with his pure devotees in the transcendental attitude just as the devotee wants him so that means whatever relationship you want with him he'll give it to you whether it's like a devotee wants Krishna as their supreme master so Arjuna now is like in the disciple mode he wants Krishna as his teacher another might want him Krishna as his friend or his son or a lover so Krishna rewards all the devotees according to their intensities of love for him. So how beautiful. We all might feel different intensities and flavors of love. And this philosophy leaves room for that variety. For that that. flavor. It's very personal too. I love that. Yeah. All right. Text number 12. Men in this world desire success and fruit of activities, and therefore they worship the demigods. Quickly, of course, men get results from the fruit of work in this world. So this is kind of like what we talked about is like I went to the flavor of the week temple. Right. Yeah. And so like one week we were like praying to goddess Saraswati, which is like the goddess of um, knowledge, m- knowledge, music, art, mm. education. So if I if I wanted to do well in my saxophone exam that week, I'd be like, she was <laughs> the one to, to pray to. Right. I'm sorry. Did you play the saxophone? I, I played the alto sax. What? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I know. Right. I didn't know. know that about you. <laughs> I played the alto sax and I played the trombone for a year. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. But you know, like, and so if, or if we were looking for money, we would play, pray to the, the goddess Lakshmi, right? right, right and so right. when you pray to these demigods, you get reward. They're kind of like cheat codes, right? Like you mm. pray to certain demigods and you get certain rewards, right? And that's what Krishna's talking about side note, Demigods, we had talked about them as like, kind of like the cosmic managers. They're all servants of Krishna. They're, they're not above Krishna. They're in fact, his servants. And they're kind of delegated with powers to manage this material world in, in, on his behalf. So he He's definitely above him. There's only one Krishna, one God. Yeah, I, I was confused at first when I, I was reading this, thinking, wait, where, why did 
Krishna jump from saying surrender unto me to then talking about demigods. But I think he's just kind of making a comparison of if you're not surrendering to him, you're general, you might be going to demigods for these quick results. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so quick key. Fixes. Quick, yeah. quick fixes. Exactly. Yeah. Which is not the goal. Yeah, because ultimately demigods, their worshipers, everything in this material realm will come to an end. So demigods are part of this material creation. Krishna is the only one that transcends it or is beyond this. There's a little line in the purport that says, both this material world and their inhabitants, including the demigods and their worshipers, they're kind of like, imagine little bubbles in a whole cosmic ocean. So this whole cosmic world, the universe is everything. It's all part of the material creation. And all our little worlds, they're like little bubbles that they're going to come to an end also. So Krishna is the only one that's above it all. He's not going to come to an end. All right. So text number 13. Yes. Shamali? Ah, yes, yes. According to the three modes of material nature and the work associated with them, the four divisions of human society are created by me, capital me. And although I am the creator of this system, you should know that I am yet the non-doer, being unchangeable. Mm. <laughs> well, we can break it down. So three modes of nature. So goodness, passion, ignorance. Yes. Beautiful. Um, based on these... And the, the work associated with them. The four divisions of human society are created. So I think this is an introduction to the caste system, right? Is right. It the We've talked Brahmana. about the caste system a little before, right? The Brahmana who are kind of like the priests, priests who operate in the mode of goodness. Right. The, the next knowledge. Come the Satriyas, the administrative class. Warriors. Who kind of are operating in the mode of passion. And then come the, the Vaishas, the mercantile the men. businessmen. Yeah, who they're a mix of passion and ignorance. And the Shudras, the labor class. Right, yes. right. So, yeah. Got it. So I, I want to be very critical. I, I, I want to really talk about it because the caste system gets people a little flustered because at the end of the day, yes, this is something that Krishna says, I have created these four divisions of human society. But the lack of respect for these different divisions was created by man. Right? Yeah, the, right. the, almost the classification of one is way worse than the other, yes. rather than understanding that as, as you know, souls or human beings, whatever, we are created based on the, our desires and 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 what karma we accrued from the past, right? So like how much, like we were talking about, like a Latina girl might be a little bit more passion right. and goodness, like in terms of percentages of what we are, right? And so like based on this, you might fit better as a Chatriya right. because that's those characteristics fit. Right. So it's kind of like giving you an easy path back in the day for what your like uh, career or like Dharma could be in society, right? right. Like your job in society would be right. yeah. based on whatever like qualities you've been given is just how to best channel those. And, you know, as we had talked about in chapter three, through karma yoga, you can transform whatever your job is, whatever quote unquote caste system you're in, which is also not by birth, but by your qualities, your tendencies, you can transform that into just direct service to Krishna. Right. right. So there has to be like, I want, I want to be really clear. So there has, so these are created by Krishna, these four divisions, and you're born into these different sort of, sort of castes, right? Not born into, but you can like 
right? Because it's not by birth. You can be born into whatever system and still no, like... By, by birth, you have certain tendencies. Certain qualities. Like and for, there, like, yeah. for instance, like my grandfather, right? He was born into a family of all businessmen, actually, right? right? And so like that that's what we were called. Like that's what my family was called. We were called Vaishas, right? Mm. Because he used to sell like saris and, and, and stuff like mm. for for his entire life. That's what he did. And so that's what that's what that class was that I think he was, I want to say born into because like, that's what the family was that's doing. Right, right. That was a family yeah. business. Yes. Right, right, yeah. Right. But I want to be very clear. It's like nobody, like my grandpa never looked down at like the shudras and like the people who were the labor class class. Right. It's mm -hmm. like, because they like noble men need to remember that Krishna is in everybody, regardless of what they do for a job or what they do for oh, a living. Yeah. I right? mean, wasn't there a line in one of the purports in the last chapter that said, a street sweeper who has devotional love for Krishna is better than a Brahmana who's kind of like with his nose in yes, the air and yes, thinks yes, he's yes, better yes. than everyone. Yeah, but and that's 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 the thing, right? The Brahmanas that that have that ego, they're doing it all wrong, and yeah. that's why the caste system has messed up so many people in India is because of this ego of like I'm in this person and I'm doing this occupation and you're doing that, which means I'm better than you when right. it's not necessarily the case. Yeah, right. because if you think about the laborers, that we're talking about farmers, we're talking yes. about like. Um, uh, engineers, mm -hmm. <laughs> like these are these are laborers, and they're actually creating wonderful things and for society. Sometimes they say the laborers have such humility because they don't see themselves as as oh look at me, I'm so great. So they can have a direct connection to God even easier because you need that humility. But I also got to say, I think it was in the previous chapter that we read. It said that within. Um, because of Krishna consciousness, there's no such yeah. thing as a caste system. And and I think if you analyze that from a different perspective, I was born in South America. Like there is no, <laughs> there was no caste system there in that same way. And so when I'm born into this, I can still say that I am, you know, a bit Chatriya and a bit Brahm, uh, Brahminical, right? And, and, and you can say like, oh, I like knowledge and education and that's my, and so, and, and, and Prabhupada's saying like, you can, uh, you can have a little bit of all of those qualities right. when you're in Krishna consciousness and it's not so much about the caste system anymore. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, here it even says a person in Krishna consciousness is above even a Brahmana who dedicates his life to like Brahminical mode of goodness things because being a Krishna conscious devotee, you're above everything because yeah. you're just trying to develop love of God. And even like the, through those lenses, it's, it's, you see everyone as equal because we're not this body, we're spirit souls and everyone's spirit soul is Satchit Ananda, eternal, full of knowledge and bliss. So yeah. anything that's living, you see it as equal. Yeah. So, so to kind of put it together there, these, this, uh, four types of um, systems that were created, right? So there were the Brahmanas, the Chatriyas, the Vaishas, and then the Shudras. And in Krishna consciousness, we can be all of them all at once. You can yeah. bypass all of them. You bypass all the of them. You're above that because you're just serving Krishna. And I, that's the ultimate I love goal. it because whether we're talking about yagyas or caste systems, Krishna consciousness is just a direct route that you can bypass all of yes. those things. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Beautiful. Text 14. All right. Me? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Production. All right. There is no work that affects me, nor do I aspire for the fruits of actions. This me is Krishna, by the way. Mm -hmm. One who understand this, understands this truth about me, Krishna, also does not become entangled in the fruitive reactions of work. Okay, let's break this down. So Krishna is basically saying that, right, he, just like his devotees, 
are above these different systems. He's not a, he doesn't belong to this work doesn't affect him. He doesn't aspire for the fruit of uh, fruits of actions, meaning Krishna is not trying to gain all the results of his work. Krishna is so beyond that. And someone who understands the truth of Krishna also doesn't become entangled in all of the, like the bondages of this world, the, the, the results of his work. Yeah. So there's this, there's part of purport where it says, you know, the king is not subject to the state's laws, right? <laughs> because the king invents it, right? But the, similarly, the Lord, although he's the creator of this material world, he is not affected by mm. the activities of the material world, right? So he's not like us. Like he's not affected. Like we get affected by really cold temperatures or, or like a bad day <laughs> or like someone like our, our, our mother like lecturing us. You know what I mean? Like we oh, are yeah. affected by so many of these things, right, but nothing right. really affects Krishna, right? The, there is the, like, we have karma. We have good, bad, good karma, bad karma for the bad things and good things that we do, but none of that affects Krishna. Right. You can think all the laws that govern this world, also the law of gravity, past, present, future, time, weather, like you said, cold, hot, all those things don't affect Krishna. They're a part of his creation, but he's so above it. So to, um, to clarify this, where it says there's no work that affects me, are we talking about like actual work, like your job, or are we talking about uh, karma? I think both. Both, probably. Both. No type okay. of work, whether it's karma. Karma doesn't affect Krishna. He also, maybe it's karma regular. Meaning, karma meaning like uh, whenever you do something, there's a reaction. Yes. Right? So like, good or, reaction, or a bad, bad reaction. reaction. Yeah. And it could be the other type of work as well, because whenever Krishna takes these roles in a way as now he's in the, in the Satria dynasty trying to guide Arjuna, he's playing a role, but he's not acquiring good or bad karma from the work he's doing in mm. this role. Right, because he's just above all of it. All. Right, right. He's the creator of it. All. Yeah, a good question. I think it's all of it. Yeah. And so cool. one who understands this truth about Krishna, understanding that he is not affected by all this stuff, they also are not entangled. And so they also mm. do not have to suffer in the purport. It says the, the, the laws of karma, which is kind of a great loophole. When you understand Krishna more and you become Krishna conscious, you're less affected by things as well. I love that because this kind of indicates we have to get to know Krishna. We have to understand yes. him because there's a saying to know someone is to love someone. So you yeah. can't just say, I love God. And that's it. Well, well, who, yeah. who is God? What, what about God? What, what do you know about God? Now? Yeah, that's I, I real. That's so real. It's like that. I, I don't have the book in front of me now, but it's like that um, one book that I was telling you guys about in which the, there was an excerpt that said, um, this man is at a party yeah. and he's talking to his coworker and the coworker says, oh, so happy to see you. Are you here by yourself? He says, no, my wife came with me. And then he's like, oh, where is she? Oh, she's somewhere around here. Oh, what does she look like? The man is looking for, you know, this co-worker's wife. And, she, and the co-worker's like, I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't know what his own wife looks like. And he, he's like, oh, well, is she short? Is she tall? Oh, I don't know. Um, is she blonde, brunette? Like, tell me something, you know? Like, right. And he's like, I don't know, right? So how can we develop a relationship? How can we say we have a relationship with God if we don't really know things about him? Boom, right. mic yeah. drop, I love that. And you can definitely like, yeah, everyone probably feels, let's say you're walking outside in nature. You can feel that connection like, oh, I feel God's presence. That we kind of had talked about in a previous episode that that's kind of the impersonal aspect of God. Yeah, you can feel the connection to him through his creation. But what we're saying is there's an even deeper level that you can reach when you get to know God a little more. There's a whole personal side of him. And you're doing it right now. 
Yeah. To the Modern Yogi Podcast. Podcast, podcast, Follow us on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> we just, just, like, throw in there and bring us back to the material creation. <laughs> I love it, though. Keep it real. Keep Text it real. 15. Text 15. All the liberated souls in ancient times acted with this understanding of my transcendental nature. Therefore, you should perform your duty following in their footsteps. So this is where he's talking about, like, people have listened to me before and they've, mm-hmm. you know, they figured out the system and <laughs> you should figure it out, too. And follow I, in their footsteps. I love that. Follow in their footsteps, because, you know, to me, this makes me think of growing up in the movement. Also, I was surrounded by a community of people who were ahead of me on the path. So I constantly got to see what it looks like, the path that lies ahead. What does mm-hmm. it look like in someone who is who's practicing this day in and day out because you know at a certain point you're going to reach a wall in your love you're going to reach your limitations for getting to know krishna for your developing your devotional love and service for krishna of course we overcome these walls but you'll reach walls along the path so it's so nice to have people ahead of you to follow in their footsteps because when you reach a wall and everyone will reach their limitations you won't give up and feel like well I guess that's the end of the road. You'll realize, no, the road is so much deeper. If I can just continue and get past this, I will almost like level up like in a video game. This is just a challenge and let me step it up. And the path continues. I see people ahead of me. I see their silhouettes. I just got to get there. Yeah, I I think this is... uh... We went to a girls, uh, all of us girls went out to dinner a few, a week ago or something. Mm. And I loved, one of our friends was really vulnerable. And she was like, you know what? I'm seeing people get initiated, right? Because Shama, uh, Shamali uh, got recently. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Shamali. Shamali. <laughs> Shamali recently got initiated. And so did Shama Sangeeta. And there's been other few people in our community who also recently got initiated. And so... Uh, our friend was just sharing like how like it's so nice to see others in that path kind of ahead and it makes it made her feel like oh I want to I want to work towards that so it's really nice to know that there's people out there uh, that that have been moving in this path forward and like for us to be Mm -hmm. able to follow and and so I think that's also like why it's super important to have um, friends association I know association is such an interesting word what's a what's a better word for association People that you hang around. <laughs> I know there's like good no people that you hang around. Yeah, community, community, right? Yes, so right. a community of um, like-minded people who are working Striving this path. For the sometimes, same goal. but also sometimes people who are ahead of you in that path to maybe give you a little guidance or to like to seek inspiration from because they're seeing the results and you can see that they're being successful in that. Yeah, yeah right, completely. But and bringing it back to the story, also. Why is Krishna telling Arjuna this? Because Arjuna, let's remind everyone that, because yeah, when we get into the philosophy, it's easy to lose track of the story. Arjuna wanted to run away from the battlefield. He wanted to get out of there. Mm. Krishna's like, no, you have to do your duty. Follow in the footsteps of the greats from these ancient times who acted with a sense of nobility and duty, even when it wasn't easy and when you didn't want to. Specifically because... They saw the results, right? right. They were liberated souls. Like Tried I'm giving you an example. I'm not just telling you what to do, but I'm telling you it has worked. Yes. Right. I mean, I can say that all of us who have been around spiritual teachers who are way like elevated, there's something about them that you're like, this is real. This isn't, they're, they're how do you say walking the walk? Ta- not just talking yes. the talk, but walking the walk. walk. For sure. They're the real shebang. Yeah. yeah, the proof is in the pudding. The real shebang. I like that. <laughs> uh, text number 16. Okay, even the intelligent are bewildered in determining what is action and what is inaction. 
Now I shall explain to you what action is, knowing which you shall, uh, knowing which you shall be liberated from all misfortune. Okay, so let's break this down. Even <laughs> the intelligent are bewildered in determining what is action and inaction. So this is a fun action. It's like karma, right? And inaction is a karma. A karma, super, not doing super anything. Super simple. Just add yes. an A. Yeah, not doing right. something. Kind of right? like when we had said our Juno one is to run away to the forest and just do nothing. That's not that's, the point. That still that's, creates bonds to this material world. So right. would you say that him not wanting to do anything and run away to a forest is inaction? Yeah, because uh, the. the him not doing anything actually would have created other bad things to happen. Yes. Other if ripple effects. Yeah, if it doesn't fight the war, what happens to all those people that were under his care, right? Yes. As a chatter, he's supposed to protect. protect. So like if he's like, I'm just going to peace out of here. Actually, there's a lot of his inaction is actually creating action, right? Right, right. And by this, we mean karma. And by karma, we mean like things that tie you back to this material world, right? So like if I kick Shamali... Shamali will kick me in the next life. Like, it's just going to happen. <laughs> well, I, I'd like to think I would not kick you, Priya, in the, same, in the next life. I love you. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I'm, gonna, I'm being super silly and giving you like an example of like doing something creates an, a reaction, right? And also not doing something can also create a reaction, right. yeah? Kind of like, exactly. Kind of like, let's say a mom who has young children. Let's say she had triplets. She's fried. She doesn't want to do it anymore. I just want to book the next ticket to Hawaii and get out of here. But oh my God. Pff, she has to do her duty. She's a mother now. She has to take care. Of, well, she doesn't have to, but let's hope she does. So that's <laughs> kind of like, you know, inaction can create a lot of bad karma. That's a very like blatant example. There's more yeah. subtle ones. That's why it said even the intelligent are bewildered because it's not always so clear. Like everyone would expect, yes, of course, hopefully a mother will take care of her children if she has them. But there's other examples that will come up in life that it's not always so clear. So Krishna is saying, let me explain them to you because even intelligent men are sometimes bewildered by what to do, when is good to act, when is not good to act. It's a confusing path ahead. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. this one part of the purport that says, by mental speculation, one cannot ascertain what is religion or self-realization. So I think people, like, people think that, oh, maybe I'll just not do anything and it'll mm. be good for me, right? But mm. you're also just, like, speculating, right? You're not following philosophy. You're just kind of being whimsical mm -hmm. with, like, what you think should be done, right? And so Krishna advises against that. Right, because essentially only actions performed in Krishna consciousness can deliver us from getting entangled in material existence. And actions in Krishna consciousness doesn't mean we drop everything and run to the mountains, because as we talked about in chapter three with karma yoga, we can transform any of our temporary jobs into something Krishna consciousness with our mindset. So it's all in our minds also that we just dedicate everything in the service mood as, okay, Krishna, I'm going to offer this to you then we can get delivered from just entangling ourselves more and more. Love mm. that. Text number 17. The intricacies. 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 Thank you. The in. <laughs> the intricacies go, of yeah. action are very hard to understand. Therefore, one should know properly what action is, what forbidden action is, and what inaction is. Okay, oh. so Krishna's breaking this down. So he's going to explain to us all of these things, but he's going to explain to us what action is, what what is not good to do, forbidden action, and what is inaction. Yeah, we can say, yes, well, let's, let Krishna explain it to us <laughs> because 
in the board board, it basically says to understand all of this, one has to associate with authorities in Krishna consciousness and learn the secret from them. Oh, I love that. That is as good as learning from oh, the Lord secrets. directly. I love that. Otherwise, the most intelligent person will be bewildered. So it's like this this particular part we have to learn either from Krishna or someone really, really smart. And yes. so I'm just gonna say let's let, let let's let Krishna tell us. All right. Text number 18. All right. One who sees inaction, inaction. <laughs> okay, wait, say it slower. We're laughing say it slower. music and almost get like a tongue twister. Yeah, it's a tongue twister. This oh, one. I got stuck with this person. <laughs> okay, text 18. I'm going to say it slowly. One who sees inaction, inaction, comma, and action in inaction, comma, is intelligent among men, comma. <laughs> and he is in the transcendental position, comma, although engaged in all sorts of activities. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> you did okay. it. You did it. Good job. Good job. This does kind of start making sense. It starts. Well, let's break it down. Let's break it down. <laughs> so let's take the first part. One who sees in action, space, in action. So you know what I think that first part means? Because... When in we're action, able to see that action. through our actions, there's also maybe a sense of inaction. One interpretation could be when you're acting, there's a certain sense of inaction because you're letting Krishna work through you. I'm, I'm keeping my head down, doing my duty, my dharma. I'm doing action, but there's also inaction because Krishna's working through me. Wait, I think I have, I, I think yes, yes. Yes. And then also like, is it... I, I, Honestly, this this particular text is confusing to me, and yes. I'm trying. I've been trying to break it down, so I'm gonna just try something. You guys tell me if I'm tell completely yes. wrong. Okay, so <laughs> one who sees inaction, inaction, might mean one who sees inaction in this case, meaning like not karma. So like not getting not any karma, yeah. not not getting anything, right? In action. So like doing something that doesn't give you any karma back. Well, I think that would be the result of how I described it. Because yeah, if you yeah, see yeah, Krishna yeah. working through you, so you're doing action, but there's a sense of inaction, then it connects to what you're saying. That's the next piece. Then you're not so when acquiring you do something, you're not you're not acquiring any karma back. That's what the inaction part is. Right. Because yeah? let's say that karma again. is action. Action. Exactly. Karma. Yeah, pray, say it again. Hold so on. when we do something, right? So when we uh, do something that might create karma but it doesn't bring us back any karma that would be action that creates inaction right yes exactly yes. so oh right so <sighs> i'm doing my duty like through karma yoga we described i'm doing the action of being an accountant being a teacher but since i shifted my mentality i'm letting krishna work through me i'm not seeing myself as the doer of everything there is a sense of inaction there because he's working through me. So I'm not acquiring karma, negative good karma, or bad results exactly. to my action. So I, there is inaction within that action. Yeah. And you can say that that's like karma yoga, right? Like doing it through your work, but you can also say like just doing Krishna consciousness, right? right? right. Learning and serving Krishna. It's something that you're doing. You're still doing some sort of work, but you're not receiving a reaction back mm -hmm. because Krishna consciousness protects you from receiving Negative karma. Ooh, Does that make sense? Wonderful. Yes. So basically Ooh. through whatever karma, whether it's, or no, through whatever action, whether it's direct devotional service or through your job, your work, whatever, we're doing action, but on our, men, depending on our mentality, if we directly try to, to serve, Krishna. serve Krishna, we're not acquiring good or bad results. So that's the inaction part. So one who sees inaction 
within action, I'll say that's the way to go. That's one. So and that's then, the first part of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next part is an action in inaction. And so this is exactly what Arjuna was dealing with, right? Right. Where he's like, uh, if I don't, if I go to the forest and don't do anything, actually there's repercussions. Yes. There's a karma that's going to be happening because you're exactly. not doing your duty. You're not protecting the citizens. So by not doing anything, by being inactive, you are actually creating some negative karma for yourself. Yes. Right. Because so all those negative, people maybe. are being unprotected, right? And that's going to flow. Amazing. Yeah. So that's why within action, there is inaction because we dedicate the results to Krishna. We can, through our mindset, not acquire any bad karma from that action. So there's inaction within that action. And on the flip side, from not doing our duty or being inactive, we can acquire good and bad karma through action. Yeah. So that was really confusing, but we di dissected it and we hope you understood it. And basically Krishna is saying, if you understand that, like you're smart. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And if it's been confusing till now, don't worry. It will continue to be broken down again and again. Because remember, it is an artichoke. We peel back the layers yeah. and they keep coming back up again and, and again. And the reality is it took me till today, this moment, <laughs> to be like, oh, I get it. It was While kind we of a tongue alive. twister before that. So we're, we're in this together, okay? Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. We will continue with chapter four, text number 19 in our next episode. Yeah, tune back as we build these roadblocks to get to Krishna. See you soon. Bye. Hello, beautiful souls. If you like what you're hearing, please follow us on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast. And if you love what you're hearing, please make sure to share a link to our podcast at Modern Yogi Podcast with all your friends, families, and long lost cousins. And if you have any questions at all, send us a DM on Instagram at Modern Yogi Podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you. Thank you for listening to The, the Modern, Modern Yogi. Yogi.